I went to watch something else on YouTube, and it was the auto play ad. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'll just watch it now. <laughs> okay, I guess this is supposed to happen. Okay. But, like, I, I went to YouTube, like, oh, I'll go to YouTube, I'll find the trailer. And I'm like, oh, let me watch this first. And then it was the trailer. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yes, you want to be seen. Okay. <laughs> what the f is going on down there? Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, welcome to WTF and TFW, episode 437. It's December 11, uh, slash 12. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty... We're recording this late on a Saturday after me and Seth both finished our social engagements. Isn't that right, Seth? Ooh, yes. I went to a company Christmas party. Was it, was it pinkies out? Was it pinkies out? Uh, hold the gla- hold the glass with two fingers, pinkies out? No. It's pretty good, though. Ah, all right. It's at a really good restaurant downtown. I want to go to. Really I, I went to a nice place today, but it wasn't a restaurant. It was a pub. Ooh, the pubs could be cool. Oh yeah, it's. I, I have discovered pubs in Toronto that make food good enough for me to go there specifically to eat, which is, yeah. I think, the best thing you can say about a pub. To be quite honest. Yeah, th- is there a lot of like uh, brewery pubs around there, like places that make their own beer on site? There probably is in the distillery district or whatever. Yeah, because that's become a big thing around here. There's lots of places that do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the worst person to ask about that because I'm all cider focused. Uh, um, and the, actually, the one bummer about this pub is a great pub with really good food. Their only cider is like my least favorite cider. So I just usually if I'm there, <laughs> I just get Diet Coke. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm here for the food. Yeah, I'm not a huge beer guy. Like, it's not my favorite alcohol drink. Yeah, but it's really neat going somewhere that has good food and then it's like oh yeah we make all the beer in the back like look through that window there's all the all the things oh yeah then, if, if i went to a place that made it like literally in the back i would try it the first time just because yeah. i'm especially if i really like their food um but no i went i went to the richmond rogue it's right next to the youtube space they make a really good burger with a fried egg on it and when a when a, a place can make a good burger with a fried egg on it that's a very specific kind of check mark for me where it's like well i know what i'm getting the next time i'm here um uh, I, I really like a good burger with a fried egg on it yeah not not big on the egg the burger egg yeah i've tried it it's all right it's just not my thing it's a knife and fork burger when it has a fried egg on it in my opinion uh but still had a pretty good time and yo me and seth have got some legitimate transformers news to talk about News you can use. We've got the first Transfivemers trailer, uh, which has in two days reached 100 million views, which sounds more impressive than it actually is, I think. Because, you know you know what everyone wants to go watch? It's the new trailer for the big dumb movie. Uh, people who want to see it want to watch it, and people who don't want to see it really want to watch it so they can yell about how much they don't want to see it. Uh, it's kind of a win-win for the executives who uh, just need to have a high view count in order to make their trailer appear successful. But uh, 4.6 million views at time of recording. <laughs> but That's just on very little reaction from the thumbs up, thumbs down. Is the YouTube link? Yeah. 
Yeah, the the thumbs up, thumbs down, or like the thumbs up is seventeen thousand, thumbs down is like just over a thousand. Yeah. I think people are just giving up on the like dislike system uh, in the in the grander picture. No, well, you still hear about movies where it's like, oh man, this is the most thumb down movie trailer since Lady Ghostbusters. Yeah, I forgot yeah, what that was. That I heard that recently, like in the last couple of days, there was some movie that got like a crazy number of thumbs downs. Just the the like dislike thing being a factor. I as a YouTube creator, I find really weird because, to my knowledge, like dislike has zero impact on the the revenue scale for for a trailer. It's always more like the watch time is the most important. The comments are, are the engagement side. The thumbs up, thumbs down is more like to appease the audience and make them feel like they're doing something is the way I heard it described to me once. Yeah, well, like, well is that from YouTube or just other creators? Because every creator that I seem to watch at either at the beginning or the end, sometimes in the middle, always do the like, comment and subscribe. I Well, they, that's that's a phrase. It's not even a phrase. It's a tempoed series of syllables that I think some people say without really caring about how much of it's being heard. It's more like they feel they have to say it. Yeah. Because uh, really, comment is the most important of those three things. Um, subscribers are important to a certain degree, but commenting, I believe, is more valuable. And then views are the next most valuable thing. And then it's like watch time is the most valuable thing. Uh Anyway, I am the last person, by the way, that any, any dear listener should be uh, referring to as an authority on this subject. I'm just parroting stuff I've heard people say. Uh, people who I have confirmed know this stuff better than I do. Um, but that also means I don't really know what they're saying half the time. Yeah, It's like there's there's a category of YouTubers where when they say it, it's like, yeah, that seems like something they should say. That's like the up and coming or or the kind of just making it on YouTube category yeah. then there's like a rank above that where it seems corny like i mean you guys are already doing all right i think people know what to do and then people below that where it's just like i'm a guy that made a video and put on youtube and i have four subscribers they're my friends <laughs> and i'm still saying like comment and subscribe it's like you don't have to well it's, it's a thing at this point i think it's a thing people heard for the most yeah. part it's like how people if they're, you know, they'll they'll say like, "Hey, lights, camera, action!" when they're gonna like, you know, take a cell phone video of their cat or something. Mm. Um, I should try that. You sh it makes the cat do better and cooler stuff because then they're like, "Oh, this guy's taking it serious." Uh, okay, my my cat just has kidney disease. Oh, yeah, took him to the vet. Not to bring everybody down, but uh, <laughs> I hope I hope that the most positive outcome of that can uh, can happen I've, I've started to say that more because sometimes people say something about their pet and like well i hope he gets better and then they're like it's terminal and then i yeah. feel like the worst person well i deal with stuff like that by making inappropriate references to it <laughs> like you mentioned like making your cat do fun stuff and i and then i reply with i found out my cat's dying <laughs> oh well he has that they give him six months to a year and a half i think it's going to be closer to the year and a half and because his kidney levels aren't that bad yeah but you know he's over 17 so yeah anyway well that news <laughs> I, was, I was about to say the most horrible <laughs> corporate thing someone could say in that scenario so i'll just say it anyway but i want to preface by saying this is not something you should say to somebody in, in no, Seth's position it. it'll be funny at least he'll make it to see transformers the last night yeah <laughs> uh 
so that, that that trailer did drop um there are some robots in it thank goodness so there's something to talk about uh i i very much enjoy hearing anthony hopkins say the words optimus prime mm-hmm. uh he also gave a pretty good narration uh kind of I was, I was joking on twitter i'm like you know what ups and downs it's all all these this 10 years of films has been worth it because now we get to hear anthony hopkins say optimus prime in a recorded medium um we're also going to we're going to talk about the trailer, but we're also going to talk about the unembargoed uh, plot bits that have been collated on TFW's front page from a bunch of different sources. So, uh, this might be considered a spoiler section. Uh, Yikes! FYI, we're going to talk about what's in the trailer, and we're going to talk about these bullet points in the. Transformers The Last Night Plot Roundup news item that was posted on December 6, 2016 by Silver Optimus. So if you don't want to hear any of that, um, honestly, the best thing to do, maybe wait a day and then go in the thread and say, hey, what's the time code where they stop talking about the movie? And then there you go. So you'll be all set. <laughs> That's me delegating work to the listeners. Yeah, but before that, somebody will ask, hey, when do they stop talking about cats and parties and whatever else we were talking about <laughs> so someone could just make an, an itemized chapter list i know this is new to the podcast and then just share it in the thread that would yeah. be great um it's like zero to 15 minutes off topic babbling <laughs> well that's i mean that, 15 that, minutes to whatever spoilers <laughs> we got to subtract like six or seven minutes off our count because that was how long it was oh, before yeah, we right. counted down so it's, 10 hey, minutes we're doing good um so seth the trailer um the first thing i took from it was was i really enjoyed anthony hopkins voice and a whole, i watched the trailer because i suddenly got a whole bunch of tweets where people said hey did you write transformers 5 the last night so i needed to see what they were talking about um how did you feel about the okay i guess i should be specific the teaser trailer yeah yeah because it's like that sort of trailer where it's just like here's a bunch of like one to two second shots yeah fading in and out um uh i don't know it's it's you know being a teaser trailer it's hard to say but like the whole opening with like here's people having war in different time periods yeah like is there going to be some new cybertronian artifact that's been the cause of war for all the these centuries or something um then one thing that gets weird and I noticed but didn't know how to put it into words why I thought it was weird until I think you retweeted somebody that sent you a Photoshop picture or a GIF. Oh, of Optimus like yeah, leaving Earth in the last yeah. movie and then five minutes later. Yeah. Well, then it's a, yeah. So he's rocking into space and then they use that title car from SpongeBob SquarePants where it's like a few moments later yeah. and he's frozen floating past Jupiter. It's like, so, so sad. I guess uh, he didn't get too far. Somebody, uh, I, forgot, I think it might have been, oh, I can't remember now. Someone on Tumblr, they put up a Tumblr post where they, they went through our Age of Extinction podcast we recorded with uh, Yumi and TJ, uh-huh. and they pulled out all the parts that were hilariously prophetic, where we were joking about Optimus leaving oh, Earth man. and then realizing space is big, <laughs> and then having to try to find a spaceship, and then, like, does he have enough fuel? And so I, I listened through that that supercut, and I was laughing, because I was like, how yeah, does this keep happening, that. where we joke about something stupid, and then the movie <laughs> does it with a straight face in the next installment? <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's like, so Prime doesn't even make it to Jupiter, and he's like, yeah. oh, I didn't think this through. <laughs> he got, he didn't even clear the solar system, and he was just like, just dead, frozen. <laughs> I also, uh, I really like the part when this, this the music playing said floating in space, and then it showed Optimus Prime floating in space. Yeah. That was uh, some symbol. Crin put it really great because she said, wow, that's really the best kind of symbolism because it just literally shows you what's being said so you don't have to think about it. It just shows you a thing floating in space when it says I'm floating in space. <laughs> uh, and then is this Cybertron we're seeing all busted open and well, people have floating been, around? A lot of people. Including, or is this Quintessa? Some normies I talked to all think it's Unicron because it looks like it's eating a moon. I've also seen it uh, mentioned that it does it, it might resemble Quintessa from certain shots in the G1 cartoon. Um, I took it as being like I, I don't really care about being right, but mm. like watching it kind of munch on that moonlit, I was like, well, I guess maybe that's Unicron, or at least like a, a planet eater. Maybe not Unicron, but taking that concept. Yeah, I I have it at that point right now, and I didn't notice the the chunks reaching out to the moon. Yeah. Um I didn't notice that. I thought it was just chunks floating nearby, but that'd be weird if it's Unicron. And if it is Unicron, at least it's not just a cloud like yeah. they did to Galactus. You know, I mean if if it's Unicron, then they got right the bullet point parts about him being a planet that eats other planets. So I don't know. You know, I and I, I mean at least it's going to be an, an expansion upon that weird Quintesson teaser from the start of Age of Extinction. Uh, I, I assume, anyway. Like it, mm -hmm. it feels like we're going to actually act upon that stuff, which I thought was the most interesting parts of the last movie, aside from yeah. the antics of the Autobot horrific, terrible people crew. Yeah, my first thought for that thing was because you, there was that whole thing where Cybertron's coming through the gate and then the gate gets cut off. I'm like, oh, maybe this is the damage that was done to Cybertron. But I thought that too. Um, honestly, like I, that seems the, that Quintessa or Unicron, I think all are equally viable theories to take uh -huh. from the, the trailer shot, especially when they show like pieces of that planet, what appears to be like in the atmosphere over earth. Uh, you know, it was the thing about the trailer for all the neat still shots and my utter amusement at Optimus Prime again escalating and following my Twitter postings where he's now basically trying to kill Mark Wahlberg and Bumblebee, which again, <laughs> like, is... So I, I was like, is Aaron Kruger still reading my Twitter? And then someone pointed out to me, this is actually the first film that's going to be coming from that writer's room because it's a story by Akiva Goldsman and then a screenplay by three writers. And I was like, oh! This is actually going to be our first taste of the post-Aaron Kruger, Orsi Kurtzman world, which is a small point of excitement for me because, you know, wholly new screenwriters can have an effect on the film. Um, it's still the same director, but maybe some of the underlying chunks will be a bit less um, meme-inducing. <laughs> but uh, aside from, from that little nugget, you know, I kind of thought it was a boring trailer. <laughs> well, I... My assumption is Bumblebee is running up behind Optimus, excited mm. to see him. He's like, hey, oh my god, Optimus, you're back. This is awesome. Check it out. My voice is fixed. And Prime spins around. He's like, <laughs> nope. Knocks him down. Goes, forgive me. Rips out his throat again. And then you hear like radio static. And then Bumblebee plays same old situation from <laughs> Motley Crue. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say Prime just turns around and actually punches him in the throat and just takes it out right there. Well, no, there's the other shot where he's pinned down and yeah, he goes, yeah. forgive me, and then brings the blade in. <laughs> um, but one one tiny little clip that I'm interested to find out more about is there's like this two-legged tank turret that Bumblebee busts out of a wall. Oh, yeah, the, me- the, the Metal Gear looking thing. Yeah. Like a little tiny Metal Gear looking thing. Yeah. Like, it looks like our humans building like robots to fight Cybertronians because it, it doesn't look like a Transformer. It, mm-hmm. But it looks kind of cool. It reminds me of something from Battletech. Yeah, I I was wondering if this might be, you know, not not direct of course, but there's a there's a direction that the current comics have taken where humans have basically they have gone through an arms race of developing their own mechanical uh gear weapons, weapons and stuff. Yeah, so they can defend themselves against Cybertronians. And I'm wondering if maybe this film's going to follow a similar suit of like, okay, so after Chicago and then after like China got wrecked by robot dinosaurs. You know, maybe they have pushed forward some more and built up some uh, some little mechs and stuff to try to be able to combat robots themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, like they picked up some scrap tech and back engineered it and modified it into something, sort of thing. Yeah. Or it's an awful version of a character that everybody loves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there you go. There's, uh, yep. there's, there's blast. No, there's swindle. There's movie. Yeah. Swindle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's just a walking tank turret. It's like, we don't even care. We just pulled the name out of a hat. Hey, guess what? It's overlord. I mean, you, suck it fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's freaking overlords. This is smaller than bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also this thing where they, they, there's a silhouette, uh, here and there with a big sword. And I believe that's the movie five Megatron design. Uh, Uh I find it rather unclear what he's actually doing in any of those shots other than being a guy in some trailer shots. Uh, it looks like he's like slamming his sword down in front of a person who might either be Josh Jahamel or Mark Wahlberg. I can't actually tell. I'm going through our, uh, TFW put up like 140 screen caps or whatever. Um, which I'm finding easier to scroll through than the trailer. But, um, oh, the, the one other thing about the trailer I think is interesting. At some point, some unnamed Transformer with a really, really funny looking face is like lying on the ground looking all sad. Yeah. Um, that Bumblebee's new face. Oh my God. What if that's Bumblebee's new face? He kind of has the the head, but he looks so, so fat. Like he, well, that's why prime didn't recognize him. It's like Bumblebee, you let yourself Start killing go. Him. Uh, he's got, but he's got like the lippest lips. Oh, maybe that's Overlord because Overlord had them lips. That's right. There you go. There's movie Overlord right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a yellow two-legged tank turret <laughs> who has very gentle eyes and full lips and looks all sad. Yep, um, because Michael Bay, he don't care. One one thing I kind of liked about about what I'm seeing in the trailer is the the new girl. Um, who's I have I actually don't remember her name at all. I'm not even joking this time. I don't remember the actor's name, but she does not look as like blitheringly, kind of shamelessly eye candy 
as well, she looks every... very young. Yeah, she she does not seem to be filling the same role as other female leads in Transformers movies have filled. Well, and if she's as young as she looks, she better not be. But it does concern me a little bit about what kind of jokes might be made about or around her, thinking back to the whole age of consent card from the last movie to which i'll say hey that was exactly when i needed to learn that the previous writers are all gone and this is the first one coming out of the new writers room so maybe the maybe the creative force that brought us the prolonged scene about romeo and juliet (laughs) rules has no involvement in this film (laughs) hopefully uh but yeah, like like I don't I don't mean to say that the trailer was unexciting. It's just that it was. I think Javi Fuentes put it best. It felt almost like a parody of what people call a trailer right now, like right down to the bomb and the constant fade to black and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I felt like it was a, it's this style of trailers becoming a bit of a relic um, as trailers are moving on into whatever their next iteration is. But I, I also found it kind of cute in that sense because I'm like, well, you know, who's going to still uphold all the tenets of a, of a completely stereotypical trailer. It's going to be our Transformers movies. Yeah. Well, she's, I just looked her up. She's 15. So. Okay. Yeah. Don't friggin' scumbag out on this for crying out loud. She was, she was born in 2001. Oh man. That's weird. Ugh. That's super weird. Oh boy. There are people who were born in this century who were not even alive in the last century. Yeah. That's not normal. That are in movies making more money than we'll ever make. <laughs> well, I don't like that. I'm going to have to boycott this movie. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know if we mentioned it. When Optimus is ripping up Bumblebee, his eyes are purple. That was one of the what? first... I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. That was the first... In that first image they revealed, the big close-up of Optimus's eyes for Transformers 5, where they happened to be purple, and I was like, well, that seems to be weird. Uh, when he's wrecking Bumblebee, he has purple eyes, so, hey, I bet you that he's floating in space, and Unicron, or whatever the planet thing is, finds him, and then they make him come to Earth, but he's not good anymore, because they had their way with him, and his eyes are purple, and he's like, forgive me, and then he... You know, wreck oh, something. do you think he's like Quintesson brainwashed? Something like that. Maybe this is all Dark Awakening and stuff. Uh, like he knows what he's doing, but he can't control it. Yeah, something like that. That would be cool if it was that far where it's like, hey, in the continued destruction of this poor character's mind, we're going to have him be a passenger in a body that's murdering all his remaining friends. Yeah. I mean, that, that does follow the path that I feel they set out for Optimus. Um, I am hopeful about Josh DeHamel's character coming back. Me too. And, like, kind of bringing those two things together, like the the two semi-disparate-feeling trilogies. <laughs> yeah, kind of being a bit of... Or be, being a little bit of a piece of glue to finally make it feel less like the entire thing rebooted last year or two years ago. Uh, I just hope there's a scene where Mark Wahlberg's like, let me tell you what's going on. And Josh Hamm is like, idiot. (laughs) I I know more about what's going on than you. I think we're in for a scene of Mark Wahlberg (laughs) getting big dogged by Josh (laughs) Duhamel. That'd be great. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Because the Cade Yeager character, who I kind of like, uh, in in the context of these films, I think Cade Yeager's a a fun character and the exact kind of human character that fits into the weird tone of these movies. 
I think it's also a perfect and almost unfailable piece of chemistry to have Cade Yeager and Josh Duhamel's character, whose name I keep forgetting, meet and interact. Like, as long as Josh Duhamel isn't made to be all like, oh, hi, Cade Yeager. I think you're cooler than me, so I'm just going to do whatever you say. Like, as long as yeah. that doesn't happen. I heard you have be. a laser gun. <laughs> yeah, I heard you have a laser gun and you have a way with or robots. That's... Space gun or what What did he say in the last movie? Like Alien honey, gun. Honey, get daddy's alien gun. <laughs> Get daddy's alien space. gun. Yeah, yeah like no, that. Josh Hamill should be like, you're a civilian, this is a war zone, get out of here. And he's like, no, you don't understand, I'm Marky Mark. I want Cade to pull out the alien gun and Josh Hamill just to slap it out of his hands. Going like, you idiot, give me that! What are you doing with that? What you, you, don't even, you don't even know how this works! Uh, yeah, I want some tension. Um, also, yeah, oh man. just two alphas. Getting all alpha about it. And the freaking tension you could have if, like, you know, Optimus comes back all brainwashed and Josh Duhamel's like, yo, I heard the Autobots are dangerous. Then Optimus lands and just murders a bunch of people. Like, that that could make for some, uh, again, some easy uh, character moments. Nothing nuanced, yeah. nothing, nothing too tricky. I don't mean to come off as patronizing as I just realized I sound, but I, I find with the Transformers films, when I have come to ready myself for something a little nuanced and subtle usually i get disappointed yeah no it's um, gonna be a sledgehammer but these these plot points i'm talking about i think are made to be fitted on the edge of uh, the edge of a sledgehammer <laughs> the end of a sledgehammer <laughs> you know sledgehammer that bladed weapon yeah uh but yeah um i kind of I, I i liked the song playing in the trailer i've come to understand it's a cover I don't know what it, I don't know the original, but I, uh, I, I thought it was a neat uh, little tune to set the tone. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, also, I like that it seems we've completely left behind the part where the logo transforms out of an Autobot insignia, and we've now gone fully '86 movie where we come out of a tunnel that's inside one, like one of the letters of the logo. I think we were inside the O, but I'm not too sure. Uh, it's unfortunate that they're staying with that font, though. That font looks really bad. Um, it's all bubbly and weird. Uh, it looks... Okay, so it starts as a triangle, so you think it's coming out of the A. Yeah. But it's coming out of the second line of the F. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. like it <laughs> Because it, it starts as a triangle, then it's sort of like a half-circle tunnel, and then... You're just coming out of a, rec- a solid rectangle. You're not coming out of a hole. Man. You're just coming out of part of the surface. That's some next level geometry. That's what that is. That's some mason oh, stuff. It starts as a circle, flashes, then it's a triangle, and then it's just a slot on the surface of the F. Okay, you when know it's your all said and done. You know your stuff. Is that like uh is that like a subliminal um a subliminal yes. Illuminati message? Yeah, the original circle is the all seeing eye. Okay. And then the pair the Gnostic pyramid is the uh the second imagery. Is that Gnostic spelt with a G? Uh sure. Okay. I don't know. No. Is it Gnostic spelled with an N? I don't know. I the first letter is an N. There I, might be a G in the middle. I'm not good at spelling. I didn't know that there was gonna be a test. <laughs> I just assumed that it started with a silent G because I felt like it's no the... Gnostic starts with an N. Oh, because I was gonna be like, you mean like Gnostic? Because I like saying Gna. Um. Okay. Well, uh, Gnostic uh, is I forget if it's <laughs> Italian or Greek. 
or Latin or Greek, but it, it means knowledge. Oh. Agnostic uh, means a lack of knowledge. So, like, if somebody says, I'm agnostic, that they're saying, like, in regards to religion, they're saying that I don't know. Like, that's where agnostic comes from. Oh, man, I love etymology. Yeah. And theist is someone who believes in in a, a god figure or religion. So an atheist doesn't. And that's why we don't say untheist. Right. Or... I was going to say we don't say anti-theist, but I'm sure I've heard that term bandied about in a YouTube video at some point. Anti-theist sounds like it would be more hostile toward theism. Yeah. Like, I'm actively working against theism. Yeah. Or atheism is just lacking theism. Again. Like, asexual is lacking sexual. Etymology <laughs> is... is unfailingly fascinating like when you realize like how words all boil down to like this weird core nexus point that they come from mm -hmm. i just learned something today about the way that language dictates how you process color that That's was weird. really fascinating where if because someone told you this is orange so now you believe it's orange not just that but uh oh what was it so like european derived peoples and cultures tend to have a lot of different words for cold tone colors like turquoise and aquamarine and blue, but very few words for warmer colors like green or yellow. Uh, whereas um, some Asian uh, cultures have lots of words for the, the yellow to red spectrum, uh, fewer words for, for blue. And then uh, what was it in Japan? There was no word for green. Uh, green was just considered to be under the purview of the various blues um, and that like, uh, in a test done, if it's someone who was raised pre-World War II, before the education system in Japan was reworked, uh, they would have trouble identifying green. Um, whereas someone who was raised post-war would have, uh, no trouble identifying green. Or if you're shown a color wheel with a very subtle change in blues, a Westerner will often see that right away, but if there's a very subtle change in the yellows or reds, a Westerner will not immediately see that. They'll have to, like, look at it for a while or look out of the corner of their eye, and then vice versa for, uh, like, certain Asian uh, ethnicities or something like that. It was... I'd never heard it before, and well, then... Did it, they talk about, like, temperature in those locations probably having yeah. something to do with it? Yeah, like, like if you were raised in, in like, a mountaintop tundra, you'd have tons of words for grays and blues and almost no words for, like, you know, greens and yellows, whereas if you were raised in, like, a desert, you would have a ton of words, or your, yeah. your culture would have a ton of words for yellows and reds and oranges. So, I, I don't know, I thought that was fascinating, because it's, it's like, that is then how the neurons in your brain have made their connections, which then correlate to the way your rods are taking in information and etc. Um, yeah, I heard a similar thing about food, where um, hotter climate places tend to have spicier foods than colder climate places, where the food's tend to be more bland and not as heavily spiced and the thinking was in these warmer climates meat spoils much faster mm -hmm. so the spices help preserve and mask um the bad taste of meat that's starting to turn where like in northern farther northern european or uh like arctic circle type uh communities where you have cold temperatures where meat lasts longer there isn't a necessity to 
uh, preserve or mask spoiled tastes as much. Yeah. And and you find more blander or boiled foods. Yeah, just like the way that the world and cultures in it are built based on things that you might not immediately consider, I, I, I always think is a really cool notion. Um, also, a bunch of these spoiler bullet points <laughs> are pretty cool notions. I'm just going to read through them. Uh, veteran staff member Red Goblin put together people, a recap. People just got to deal with the fact that we wander. Yeah. we. Well, you know what, though? That, <laughs> that tangent we just went on, that should be enriching for people unless that is literally one of the cores of their you know chosen uh jobs or studies in which case please do correct us if we got you know whatever stuff i completely got wrong but like come on don't don't try to tell me <laughs> ah, oh, i'm so mad that they took a tangent in the transformers podcast to talk about like the the effect of culture and, and location on the building of representation of hues of color like that don't try don't even try to tell me that's not fascinating I, I would argue against the idea that that's not fascinating uh i don't you know what? I don't want to have that argument, though. So, like, <laughs> don't don't start in the thread because I'm going to forget to reply, and then I'm going to look like a person who doesn't care. Um, but man, do I care about these bullet points? Uh, I wanted to say thanks to Red Goblin for putting this together because this is coming from Collider, IGN, Screen Rant, Gizmodo, and Nerdist, and I wow. wouldn't want to dig through all that stuff. Who's left? I don't even know. Uh. Who is left? Who's what's in, <laughs> that? Kind of covers a lot of the things I tend to see pasted links from. Um, um, what's that one site? <laughs> oh yeah. man, like I, I can, I'm visualizing their logo, but I can't remember the name. It's Buzz like feed. No, it's like Latino something ah, or Hispanic somebody. It's not a Spanish language thing. It, I just think the guy that runs it is Latino. But anyway. HispanicSomebody.com's got the fresh scoop. Uh, Collider, by the way, is apparently the biggest quote-unquote culprit of uh, plot reveals. Um, apparently, usually the site is pretty friendly with both Michael Bay and producers. This all seems to also stem somewhat from the big visit that TFW and other sites got to do, which we're going to mention some stuff about uh, after this as well. Although that's mostly just photos. Um, anyway, I'm going to go through these bullet points. So, uh, opening scene will explain Transformers mythology. Megatron and Optimus backstory, Quintessons and Primes will be explored. Optimus will question his leadership and there will be a new Prime. Kate is on the run and hiding the Autobots from TRF in the junkyard in South Dakota. Isabella lost her family in Chicago and has been with Squeaks since then. Squeaks is broken, can't transform, and can only say Chihuahua. Uh, Tessa is in Wait, hiding what? and... Squeaks can only say Chihuahua. Apparently, he can only say Chihuahua. Oh my god! That that feels it's like worse maybe than a, Bumblebee talking through the radio. <laughs> that feels like an Aaron Kruger relic, if there ever was one in here. Um, Tessa is in hiding, and it will be explained in the film. I guess why she's not in the film. Uh, TRF is led by Santos, played by Santiago Cabrera. Laura Haddock plays Vivian Wembley and her family, which is tied to the MacGuffin of the movie. Hot Rod has a French accent and has two vehicle modes, a Lambo and a Citroën, which is Vivian's car. I can tell you right now that I'm probably not going to notice if he switches from Lambo to Citroën, uh, unless they make a big deal about it. Um, Anthony Hawkins plays Sir Edmund Burton. Uh, there'll be a new villain, a different form of Decepticon. There will be a submarine transformer. Grimlock will be in the beginning of the movie. He'll have a larger role, but not much. 
so I'm guessing he probably still won't talk. There are going to be mini T-Rexes who just started to breathe fire, so I guess Grimlock is having children is the way I'm taking that. Uh, there will be hints right. to other spinoff movies. There won't be any female Transformers in the film. Uh, Cogman is something actually I read about this earlier. Cogman is apparently a headmaster who's also apparently all crazy, and Michael Bay is all stoked about how crazy Cogman is. Um... There's a Decepticon bike and VW van called Mohawk and Hooligan. Yeah, Cogman. Uh, And Autobot's going to get killed by the military by accident. Uh, And apparently the Bumblebee movie script doesn't have a lot of other Transformers, but that may change. So the the part where they said an Autobot's going to get killed by the military by accident, I kind of was assuming that was the weird face-looking lip guy who looks all sad. Mm -hmm. That seems like a guy who got accidentally killed. Maybe that's Um, also Cogman. It's also Cogman. Oh, apparently Cogman is a, is a headmaster, and apparently Michael Bay said the word headmaster, so he was briefed about what those are. Uh, but, uh, I yeah. wonder if Hasbro was like, we're doing headmasters right now, can you work one of them in? And Michael Bay's like, what's that? And then they kind of try to explain it to him, and then he decided to make him crazy. He's like, his head comes off and turns into a little guy. No, that That's crazy. Be, he can't be sane. Um, I'm actually kind of stoked about the idea of this movie opening with a bit of mythology and retelling the Optimus Megatron backstory and the primes, because a lot of that stuff was mired in the swamp of Revenge of the Fallen and the comic books that came before and after it, which were then summarily halfway discarded, but never replaced. So to have any of it stated in a film opening would be a boon to remembering what the film considers to have actually happened. Uh, I am double curious to see them explain the Megatron's thing, given that Megatron is in the weirdest state right now. Yeah. Uh, I want I want to see this film, especially since it's being written by the writer's room. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the new status quo is, because you can't really make sense of it anymore. So I, I'm, I'm very grateful if they are going to restate some stuff so that because it, it still feels even the fourth film felt a whole lot like, well, I'm sure, you know, they're going to cover it in a comic book. I'm sure fourth film. I don't think had any comic books. So it was just really confusing trying to think about the gaps in the timeline. Yeah, because if he's not Galvatron anymore, what happened? Yeah, why did he change his name, and then why did he change it back? Uh, what, you know, what? <laughs> why did his voice change? Well, he changed his name because they built Galvatron, and then Galvatron had Megatron parts. Yeah. But I had the feeling that when he did his little 80s cartoon villain. I'll get you next time, He-Man. As he runs away, he was still Galvatron. Yeah. So uh, it would be nice if there was some... Maybe like, some underling is going to walk up and be like, Hey, Galvatron. He's going to fool. I'm Megatron. Shut up with that. Stop calling me. That's my human name. That's my human slave name. <laughs> literally yes actually when he was because when he was galvatron they had like that weird thing where those guys were like remote controlling him and going like galvatron deploying and then he was just rebelling and just started killing civilians <laughs> and they're like well this is bad 
there was no way to foresee this happening. <laughs> using alien technology to create autonomous transforming yeah. robots. Using and, alien technology of like the most evil, crazy of the alien technology robots. And we and we filled him with rocket launchers and then sent him into an actual pu- like public highway. Yeah, if, there, if only someone had the foresight to have said something before we started down this path. <laughs> um. But yeah, this, this movie's coming out next summer. Uh, I think this plot stuff's kind of interesting. I don't know, Seth, how do you feel about our, our bullet points here? <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> still, still getting over the Chihuahua thing? No, I'd just taken a sip, and there was a little bit left in my mouth, and when I inhaled the answer, it broke loose and oh, no. hit the wrong pipe. Um, some of the bullet points do not feel, fill me with a lot of positive assumptions about the movie mm-hmm. um uh yeah so i'm not sure um stuff about hot rod like okay he's french okay Why not? <laughs> i guess we can do that um i'm sure what's his face was sitting by the phone hoping for a call um mm-hmm. what's his name was hot rod in the 86 movie oh judd nelson judd nelson the guy from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> I thought you meant Daniel Proto Man waiting by the phone no. to tell to tell them that he doesn't have a French accent. No, I'm sure he's waiting by the phone for other reasons. Ah. Um A new villain different from a Decepticon. Well that's probably just gonna be the quince, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm assuming. There will be a submarine transformer. Oh, you mean Megatron. Upside down. Oh <laughs> Um yeah, well, the, and then the whole thing with the mini T Rexes and Grimlock just brings up memories of the Math- Matthew Broderick Godzilla. It also like, that that whole like those two bullet points sound to me like someone like the movie was already kind of done script wise, and then someone went like, "Hey, remember the Dinobots?" And they went like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know." Well, show, from the show from the, the island, be- yeah, from the beginning of the trailer when you start seeing like all the medieval knights. Um, assembling or whatever they're doing and then like a three headed dragon thing comes flying by and then if Grimlock will be in the beginning of the movie I'm assuming it's going to be tied into that somehow. well no because they were like frozen the whole time yeah yeah they didn't they they were they were on uh, lockdown ship the whole time okay never mind I was going to say like this is just what Grimlock was up to in the past, but then I remembered that he wasn't up to anything. Well, you know, there, there's a way it could work where that's what he was up to, and then lockdown caught him. Right. Maybe, Maybe he wasn't on lockdown ship the whole time, but then you've got to explain that this is lockdown coming to catch them, and it's just, I don't know. I get the feeling that that opening scene is just going to be a montage of humans warring throughout history and there's going to yeah. be some tie to the Transformers. It's like, oh, World War II was all because the Nazis found the whatever <laughs> thing of this. A yet another artifact that floated all the way through space from Cybertron to Earth like I, everything else. I did like the line. I think there was a line in this trailer where I think it was Anthony Hopkins had a line about like, don't you want to know why they keep showing up? Yeah. Honor, yeah, I, was, I do want to know. And I was like, thanks for acknowledging that in the film. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Every important thing from Cybertronian history eventually lands on Earth. Yeah. 
I mean, if because again, if this is coming from the new writing team, the idea that they are aware of and thus loudly engaging that weirdness is a thing that makes me happy. Yeah. Well, I fully expect that because if, if they have King Arthur, King Arthur has the sword Excalibur. Excalibur came from Cybertron. And then it became something that the Kaiser picked up and World War II happened. And then it's something that Hitler picked up and then, or World War I happened when yeah. the Kaiser picked it up. Then Hitler picked it up and then somebody else picked it up and Saddam Hussein had it for a hot minute or whatever. And like every war is because somebody had this. And then I just realized that I put King Arthur in the same league as Hitler and Saddam Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, Merlin was a weird guy, all right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the Wizard I, of Propaganda was his full title. <laughs> uh, Grand Wizard of Propaganda. <laughs> you. Hey, now. Whoa. <laughs> Getting uh, a little too real. <laughs> I like I like the part where uh, Isabella has a tie to being another person who's angry about Chicago from Transformers 3. I, I really like the idea that the Battle of Chicago in these movies going forward is just an event from which to have damaged and upset human characters. Well, and you think there would be. Yeah. It, I mean that something like that would be on the level of like a Pearl Harbor or a nine 11 where this huge chunk of the United States was attacked and wrecked. Yeah. And uh, that's the sort of things that people would probably have hard feelings about. And I'm glad it's not just swept under the rug and forgotten about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's it's apparently probably nobody was really worried about when Mission City got wrecked. Nobody yeah. seemed to care about that. Well, who goes to Mission City? Well, right? nobody anymore. It got wrecked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we don't talk about Mission City. Uh, I just I just like that it's it's again like you said not getting swept under the rug, and it makes for another really easy piece of character interaction to make things a bit less flat. It's like it's it's hard to screw up. I'm mad because I lost family when a bunch of you robots fought somewhere. Like that's it's a very simple sledgehammery kind of thing. Um, I lost my family when he went out the back of the Smithsonian and was in a desert. <laughs> he was in the Smithsonian. That weird farting robot just stepped on him. Yeah. I lost family when the Jordanian army got to the pyramids <laughs> of Giza before the Egyptians. <laughs> Oh man, I haven't thought about Revenge of the Fallen in so long. And then I, uh, when I was in BC last week, I, I decided I would grab my Revenge of the Fallen leader Jetfire and bring him back over here since Leader Prime was here. And I could no longer remember the one time I combined the two toys together. Uh, so I went and rewatched a clip of them combining. I, I rewatched the you know the last couple of minutes of the big fight scene in Revenge of the Fallen, and like I forgot how much that movie is like. So obviously a, pro a product of the writer's strike, like where just people are just saying things and just <laughs> yelling stuff. And then events happen with unprecedented consequence or unprecedented events happen that only call to question the lack of them happening ever before that moment. Yeah. Jolt. I forgot about how Jolt was just like robot Jesus wandering the desert. <laughs> like I, it was bringing back all these weird memories where I, and, you know, I was like, man, remember when and I, and I was looking for uh, instructions on how to combine them. And I, I actually slight tangent. I didn't realize how easy those two toys are to combine now that we've had six, six or seven years and people have pieced together, like what parts of them were actually meant to link together that the instructions didn't talk about. Um, but while I was looking for all that info, 
I found all the old news stories and all the big websites going like, hey, we found some evidence that Optimus and Jetfire might combine, you know, dated 2009, this, this news. And I was like, man, remember back then when, like, the idea of a movie combiner was exciting because we hadn't seen it yet. But now that we have, the idea of a movie combiner is just horrifying because it probably means somebody gets killed and then ripped apart <laughs> and put onto someone else. Or they combine, climb up the side of a pyramid, and get shot with a magic gun. <laughs> and just fall back down the pyramid. Yeah. Like, where's that magic gun now? That probably would have come in handy during the Battle of Chicago. Well, you know, um, uh, Kelsey Grammer called the president and said, I don't, need, I don't need any help. Don't worry about it. I got it covered. I'm from Black Ops. Um, yeah, I am uh, quiet, quietly ready to see the film. Nothing about it seems like it's going to be worse than the last one, which is usually the nicest thing I have to say going into these now. Uh, yeah, at this point, it's just it's hard to get excited because it's like how many times? Yeah, how, how many times can you kick your dog before it runs away? Well, like I get I get excited <laughs> about little bits and pieces, you know. Like I like that new Megatron design. Uh, I'm I'm excited about some of the notions of the plot. Granted, I'm excited about them because they fit into the weirder overture of the fall of live action movie Prime's psyche, but that's always kept me coming back to these, so I'm okay with that. Uh, this is nothing about it feels like, oh, well, they screwed this one up. Like, I don't get that impression from any of this stuff. Uh, and I, I am genuinely uh, excited to see what the writer's room produces as far as a screenplay. Uh, and mostly to see if it feels any different from the last four. Um, the stuff that, that could obviously change is, you know, since it's the same director, the stuff I'm looking for is like, is the humor, does the humor still go to the lowest brow moments at the most inopportune times? Well, um, how could it not? <laughs> well, there's low brow, but then there's like that Romeo and Juliet scene, right? Yeah, like, that was gross. Like, is it going to, is it, like, are we done with those kind of dank depths of literal uncomfortable laughter in an audience in a movie theater? Uh, and I, I feel like there's a decent chance we might be, but you know, I'm, I'm not hyping myself up too hard because all Transformers movies, I just like to see them, you know? Yeah. Well, the bullet point about there will be hints to other spinoff movies, I fully expect and maybe save this clip in case it's another case of one of our jokes coming true that <laughs> near the end of the movie prime's going to be like bumblebee i'm sorry i did that thing earlier i uh, it was my bad apologies and then bumblebee's i everybody sucks i'm gonna go be alone for a while for a movie yeah and then he drives away and it's like oh wow he's gonna go be alone for a while Oh, and I, uh, by the way, the the user who put up the Tumblr post with the supercut of us talking about stuff that ended up becoming somewhat true, or at least funny, in relation to the new trailer, was Pandacron. That's Ooh. who it was. Uh, I, I want to hear that, and if there's a link, check it out. I got retweeted it a while ago, but I'll, I'll go dig uh, around and see, see if I can find you one. Um... But yeah, uh, or post it in the thread. Whatever. I, you know, I'll probably if I don't post it in the thread, hopefully Pandacron will swing in and go like, "Yo, numbnuts, here's the link." Yeah, numbnuts. Yo, numbnuts. Your butt with two T's. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm certainly gonna see the film. I I enjoy the experience. I still always enjoy the experience. Uh, 
And as far as discussing it, like, I'm, I might have an even team discussion about the trailer since it's pertinent, but short of any further trailers having a whole lot of new robot footage, like, I'm not... I'm not really chomping at the bit to continue dissecting my way through screen caps because I feel that's only going to lessen the the fun I have when I actually see the movie. So I don't know. I don't know. We're not going to have like a dedicated weekly movie news discussion thing or anything. It's got to it's got to be pertinent. It's got to have robots. That's kind of my rule. Uh, it's why we never really talked about cars because I I don't feel like that's very fruitful for the tastes of the hosts on here. Um, kind of speaking of which, Seth, TFW 2005 visited the set of Transformers The Last Night and got what? to take some pics and video of cars! Whole lot of vehicles. Uh, I think that green truck is supposed to be Onslaught. The green tow truck thing. Uh-huh. Um... That's all I really recall. And then there's Barricade and a bunch of people we've seen before. Uh, I think it's really... I, this is the odd thing. I, I I feel like I've inadvertently really diminished the cool notion here that the current Transformers film invited a bunch of fan sites on set to check out a day of filming. Uh, that's kind of amazing. It's unfortunate that that also means none of the news really has anything to do with robots. So my interest in it's kind of low. But I don't want to diminish the fact that this is probably the biggest reach out that the movies have done to the fandom since, like, 07. Yeah, since, uh... What's-his-face? One of the writers yeah. posting on boards or that... Or, yeah, in 07, leading up to the movie, one of the producers arguing with people from boards. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's just the, the the notion that you know fan sites were invited on set to a major motion picture. They got to hang out with um, members of the crew and cast. Like uh, like they they were having a chat with Michael Bay, who's uh, as far as I've seen, always a fun guy to talk to because he's excited about things. Uh, Excitement's he, interesting. He looked like he really didn't want to talk to us that time. <laughs> oh, back in <laughs> when a, he well, was waiting for his car. That was late. That was a, that was late at night. He wasn't in his element then. You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> a stage removed. But I love so of all these pictures, it's like okay, pictures of cars, whatever. But these pictures of like Michael Bay directing, yeah, it looks so staged and ridiculous, especially like on the hill slope where he's and there's a helicopter and he's yelling to a megaphone it's like <laughs> michael bay action director and he's got the one leg up too yeah <laughs> adventure director adventure director <laughs> yeah just like all the pitch uh, the one where like the girl's up in the thing and he's like palms up that actually looks like it might be people working yeah but then the other one where the 15-year-old girl is standing there looking like off into the distance and Bay's got a camera and a thing in his mouth and he's like pinching the sky <laughs> while well, everybody else is kind of looking at something going on somewhere else. Like the guy with the reflective thing is, isn't is even part of what's apparently being shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, it looks so staged and... Like, okay, everyone, get your cameras ready. You're going to catch some great shots of me directing. 
action I, style. I really like the shot where he's directing Josh Duhamel in the like dark backlit room, and he's doing the really weird hand gestures, where he's yes. like, you know, el- bent elbow, but then wrist bent back, but thumb in palm, all fingers outstretched. Well, it looks like he's teaching him like some military hand signals. Oh, I thought he was holding an imaginary gun. Well, the thumb in kind of reminds me of like like when they will do like the little like hold up three fingers and then do a little thing and then go with their hand and then everybody knows that we're gonna go shoot three dudes yeah um also or uh, he's I, just saying look over there <laughs> yeah josh you're supposed to look over there that's where that's where the giant tentacle monster is like, oh thanks mr bay he goes is that light coming through the wall behind us awesome looking <laughs> Don't take any pictures unless it's awesome looking. <laughs> yes, Mr. Bay, it looks awesome. Okay, cool. Take a picture. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. If I find out you said it's not awesome later, I'm gonna there's gonna be actions taken. Don't I, I fought off a man with an air conditioner once. I don't want you to put any Instagram filters on that either. Yeah, no all natural. I put that light together myself. Um there was a question that in the thread I was scrolling like just if you scroll down a little bit from the front page thing. There's actually a little back and forth where um, somebody is a little concerned that we, the podcast crew, will not be allowed to be harsh on the film since TFW got to, like, go in to see the film. And then is there. Yeah. If you scroll down a bit, like go to the front page thing and scroll down to where Tony Bacala replied. There's actually it's actually about us was like down in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. It was Tony's answer. Like that podcast he- is still going. <laughs> Basically, no. He was, he was like, I've never once told Vangelis to say or not say anything for any reason that I can recall. No, yeah, other people do that. Yeah. Nah, be... sick burn, Tony. I'm just kidding. Boom! He's not going to hear that. Don't don't no, nobody him. listens to this anymore. Yeah. Well, no one from, like, none of the bo- the site bosses. And the I'm site. making, like, I'm waving my hands around when I say the site bosses. Like, <laughs> ooh, we might get fired. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to dock our pay, Seth. Yeah. Because Michael Bay is going to listen to this. He's going to be like, hey, I heard on your stupid podcast they were making fun of my hand gestures. Yeah. Y'all are not invited to the Transformers 6 set. They were so, making cool, fun of my cool light <laughs> come through the wall. I got, a, I got a letter in the mail, snail mail letter in the mail in a manila envelope from Tony Bacala. It says, like, Dear Vangelis. That's what it says at the top, not my name. It just says, Dear Vangelis. <laughs> he doesn't uh, even know your name. <laughs> it's come to my attention that uh, you, your, your actions have uh, have have muddied the uh, integrity of our website and its potential. Uh, therefore, you are being docked. Your pay is being docked. Uh, no, he doesn't the- dock the pay. He prorates all the, the, the uh, hosting bandwidth charges. <laughs> he starts charging me for the hosting. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to Podbean. Screw you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, there, there is with, with with the website with TFW having been invited on the set, that has had zero impact on this podcast. And if it did have impact on this podcast, I would have a very concerned conversation yeah. about it because I would find that really weird. Michael Bay called. He said he is an action director and he didn't appreciate being belittled. He, he also said he is an adventure director and he's been yeah. accredited by Indiana Jones. <laughs> the Indiana Jones Society. The Indiana Jones Society of Adventure Directors. The uh, I-J-S-A-A-A-D. I-J-S-A-D. Shut up. You're fired. Uh, yeah. 
movie news. Um, <laughs> I'm looking a couple more comments down, and somebody just said, "Working with Bay must be incredibly exciting." Yeah, <laughs> I, I think everything we've heard is that it is. <laughs> Because he's like, no, just go stand next to that box that's going to explode. Don't worry. The chalk lions on the ground say you'll be fine. Well, I remember a lot of people getting upset with Shia LaBeouf during the filming of the original movie when he said that he felt like he was actually in a war. Mm -hmm. People were like, you don't know what war is, boy. And it's like, well, I bet all the explosions and Michael Bay screaming at you to keep a run in is pretty stressful all the same. Also, how old was Shia LaBeouf when he made like the first Transformers movie? Who knows? Also, Shia LaBeouf's a douche, so whatever. Yeah, he's, he's, he's turned all weird, but like back then when he said that, he was like, what, like 17? It's I like... don't know. He was still a douche. <laughs> like, yeah, a 17-year-old doesn't know what war's like. It's true. Uh, oh, I also like, I, I scrolled down here to whatever was bolded. I like that whoever wrote this write-up, I guess it was Tony, he wrote in bold, this was an awesome experience, because, you know, awesome is a word that belongs to Michael Bay now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, follow the money and just figure out, look in the micro dot next to experience and see if you can find the TM. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think Michael Bay awesome should be bossome. Bossom? Okay. Yeah, okay. this is a level above awesome. So here's my question. When you say that, in your mind, is that awesome with the letter B in front, or is it B-O-S-S? Yes. Some. Okay. Bossum. Because just putting a B in front of bossum sounds more like bossum. Like it sounds like that crying noise from that comic that was all over or the basum. internet. Basum. Basum? Yeah, because it's Michael Bay. And he makes things basum. That sounds a lot like basic, though. Baical instead of radical? I think it would be more like betacle. No, because that sounds like you're calling him a beta. <laughs> and he's not a beta, he's an alpha. He is neither basic nor a beta. Yeah. <laughs> uh the, the the article is worth taking a look at if you've never heard about, you know, how movies are made nowadays, like or never been to a set. Because <laughs> That's okay. You know what? That didn't how sound quite how movies are made these days. Doesn't sound good. <laughs> that didn't, in my head, sound quite as dickish as it came out. <laughs> but what I meant was, it was interesting <laughs> to see, you know, the the tone of talking about how there was a whole room for you know vehicle extra things and props and etc. And the sheer number of people working on one of these productions, you know, getting to see that in person. Like a lot of people don't know about that, or or, or are surprised by it when they see it in person. So. It's 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 a nice quick little recap of what was done. I think it's worth a read. You know, it's, it's written from the the layman's perspective, and that also is not meant to be a dig. Literally, Tony Bacala does not work in movies. That's what I mean. Unless he does, in which case this has been a real weird couple of years that he and I have been hosting on the web and then verbally a podcast and me going in the path I've gone. I don't think he works in movies. Tony, do you work in movies? And if he does, he'll answer me. I'm sure. He's a web developer, right? I, you know, I sometimes forget what he does. I'm pretty sure he's a a web developer. Okay. He, like, makes websites and stuff. I mean, I'm sure he does, because I think he made a whole lot of the TFW website. I, I dare say he even started TFW. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, like, 
I think like whenever there's big site changes, it's him trying out new stuff. Yeah, uh, during like the big, he practices on TFW. During the big site upgrade, it was I believe it was almost entirely just him implementing stuff and then doing bug fixes. I remember because it was when he was getting the podcasts, the new podcast site set up, and I needed to have some stuff tweaked because like there were weird permissions. Uh, he was he was working a long ass couple of days. That, yeah, and I'm sure that. when he does that, he learns a bunch of stuff that he then can do easier and bug-free mm-hmm. for his professional work. That's my assumption. Yeah. I even talked to him about this in Chicago, and I don't remember half the conversation. Because you were stoned out of your mind. I don't... I don't... I was drunk like a normal person, not stoned like a weirdo. God... I just noticed the new barricade uh, has a new quote written on the side of his car mode. It says, keep calm and hail Megatron. No. Scratch that off. (laughs) Scratch that off. Don't do that. It says, keep calm and hail Megatron. Don't. Don't do that. He also seems to be blue now. Don't do that. He's white and blue. There's a very political thing that I was about to suggest instead, but I'm going to not. You can figure it out. Um, Yeah, but keep calm. No. I hate whoever decided to do that. I hate whoever did. Whoever did it. I hate you. Well, here's the best part, Seth. It's 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 it. Oh, you're a bad person. There are two best parts. Number one, it's written in fake computer font cursive. And number two, it's not even, it's it's just a line of text like the old Punish and Enslave. Yeah, but that made sense because yeah, but it is, was isn't the keep a, calm a thing twist, supposed to, a dark parody. Isn't the keep calm thing supposed to also be laid out like in that vertical poster style of block text? Well, so like this isn't be. even done right and it's no. also the keep calm meme and it's a decept- man, Barricade is a, is a true heel. That's what he is. He's a villain. I mean, on the other side, does it say "Can I has Decepticon"? <laughs> All I, your Cybertron are belong to us. Is that written somewhere else? I cannot find a single photo of the other side of his car mode. Well, it could be any any meme. Um, also, it could be Pepe the Frog for all we know. <laughs> there, I can't tell if this is Hound or. Oh, this is Hound. Okay, I was about to say. That the other Decepticon truck had a bunch of rude bumper stickers, but he doesn't. Um, not Barricade. Onslaught. Uh, Hound has a bunch of rude bumper stickers, but it's not as funny because it's Hound, and we already know what he's like. I was hoping that Onslaught would have... <laughs> we already know what he's like. Yeah. Onslaught just, Onslaught's license plate says Yar343, mm-hmm. and his front bumper says Never Back Down. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's doesn't sound like a real threatening thing to say i really hope he doesn't talk like a pirate yar shiver me timbers oil oil never back down (laughs) and he just starts doing a hip-hop dance that was a dance movie right never back down maybe or is it an mma movie i can't remember uh it could go either way with a title like never back down yeah Man, do I hope Onslaught is a pirate now. <laughs> I want it that... seems like the sort of thing that would happen, because so many of the Transformer characters are just like some weird 
stereotype voice of some man. But if his license plate is Yar, <laughs> I'm Captain Onslaught. And then Swindle, the two-legged mech, just runs up behind him like Smee. <laughs> Never Back Down is a 2008 martial arts film. Okay. Well, I messed that up real bad. Uh, huh. any, I, I uh, think I might know what movie you were confusing it with, but... Oh, Bring It On. Was <laughs> it Bring right. It On? Yeah, the, it was Bring It the On. The dancing cheerleader movie or something? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen either film. I haven't either. I just saw I assume they're completely interchangeable plots. <laughs> I've seen just their trailers. One plot are like dancing cheerleaders, and the other plot has fighting boys. They just got to mix the two of those together into never got your back down up or whatever. <laughs> never got your back down. <laughs> never got your back down. Just, oh man, a, an action movie titled Never Got Your Back. <laughs> Where it's uh, about someone who never helps out his buddy. Yeah, it's the guy who goes through partners. <laughs> they keep dying. Um, Seth, do you have anything else you want to say about the, the, the last night stuff? Uh, no. Okay. Keep... Nothing that doesn't have to be bleeped anyway. No, Seth, I'm just kidding. I'm Seth, not that irate. Keep calm and hail Megatron. That's awful. They even drew the, 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 the quotes around it. Like, like, you know, the little shift comp, shift apostrophes. It's also, it's a terrible font. It's a bad font. The, Here comes the, the font on the police. other side does it on the other side does it say I was a Decepticon until I took an arrow to the knee? I, I like I said, I can't see the other side of the car. So I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure out if there's a perspective trick here going on. Oh, you can kinda see the other side in this one photo, but it's it's at too much of an angle. That's gonna haunt me. Not knowing what was there. Anyway, uh Seth. All let's right. let's uh let's talk about what we got this week. Okay, let's do that. Uh did you get any Transformers this week? I got an unofficial uh third party Transformer toy. Alright, what what was it? I got the TFCon exclusive from Mastermind Creations Anibus. Their Death's Head. Yes, not Death's Head. They're they're not Death's Head. Uh, cool. So that came a couple days ago. Uh, mess with them today. Open them up today. Actually, yeah, it came yesterday. So open them up today. Uh, transform them. Transform them back. Uh, I really don't care about his vehicle mode. I got him because he looks like an awesome Death's Head robot. Mm -hmm. I got him to be an awesome robot. His vehicle mode just doesn't mean anything to me transformation was like easy enough it wasn't like that overly complicated third party thing that could happen a lot of times yeah simple enough but then you know he also didn't have to turn into anything specific and that's that's using a a, a cyclonus mold right uh it's a yeah it's a cyclonus the cyclonus yeah. version hasn't come out yet but that mold's also uh their lockdown okay yeah, but you can see a lot of where the Cyclonus is in that mold. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I really dig the the robot mode. Um, he comes with a bunch of weapons. You pop a hand. You can pop his hands off and replace them with various melee weapons, uh, which are appropriate to Death's Head. But 
my only problem is like the mace and the axe heads are really kind of small for the size of the rest of the figure. So like the mace mm. looks a little silly. It looks it doesn't really look imposing, but he does come with a massive chainsaw. Yes. So that's what I have on him now because that seems very imposing and threatening. And he's currently the only way to get that chainsaw. Like that's okay, that cool. is currently exclusive to him. Oh, that's uh, another reason to get him, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I, you can, I, I I like I like the way that figure turned out. Uh, actually, I like him more than the, than the lockdown. Um, the only problem I have with the figure is that his legs are always a little bit bent, and it's not a big yeah, problem. It's, but it's not that noticeable. Yeah. And he comes with a cool gun that he could hold. I actually, I actually kind of like his his jet mode too. Like, just considering how much it didn't really matter, uh, something about the like, it, it, I kind of like it because his color placement is entirely based on his robot mode. Yeah, and so I kind of like seeing the happenstance of how that then looks on his alt mode, where that obviously wasn't the focus really. And he still ends up like I, I kind of like the motif of the big red wings. Um, it's 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 entirely the least important part of the whole toy, but. Something about it I found rather pleasant. Yeah, like the the big red wings and stuff um, on his back of robot mode approximate a cape enough mm-hmm. to where that works. But yeah, I mean, I really just got it for the Death's Head inspired robot mode. Yeah, and there there are aspects of the the jet design that I like. Like I like the two big long forks coming off the front, but. Mm-hmm. All in all, I mean, it's as far as I know, it's not a direct reference to anything relevant to Death's Head. No, no, absolutely not. Um, I'm glad that you got one because I remember that was that was kind of a there was a moment of unsureness about how easy that was going to be for you to do. Well, so what happened at TFCon was they for ten dollars you could put your name down as like a pre order, yeah, and then they would get back to you later. And uh, Jared fronted the 10 and put my name down. So that's how I was able to get it. So thanks again to Geronimus. Geronimus. Yeah, those guys should do a podcast. They should. It would be really neat to hear some other toy collectors doing a podcast. Yeah. Do you know any? Uh, Toy collectors or podcasters? Toy podcast, toy theme podcast, maybe trans- other Transformer theme podcasts. Have oh, you I mean, met any of those guys? I mean, I, I know, I know. There's a there's a little there's a podcast coming out of the UK called Moonbase Two. Uh, I don't know if that's how they pronounce it because you know they're from the UK and they pronounce things different there. But they pronounce it Moonbase Two. The Moonbase Two podcast, a fine Transformers podcast. Hi, Transformers fans. For Transformers. For for Transformers fans. Uh, I think I'm going to be on another one of those in a couple weeks. Uh-huh. We're talk about some comic books. Oh, fancy you. Some paleontologist sent me a message, and I was like, excuse me, but what do you have to do with Transformers? And he was like, you know, well, I, I actually am on a Transformers podcast. And I didn't believe him, but, you know, I figured whatever. <laughs> it might be a joke, but uh, it's always fun to talk to paleontologists. Um, I, I forget what it was now, but in one of those TFCon podcasts you put up a little while ago, there was some reference to me and then you said that I probably wasn't going to listen and I did. And then Aaron <laughs> made some sort of crack 
and in the thread for it, I threatened to end Aaron, but now I can't remember what he said. <laughs> so if that was if that was in the Sunday panel recording, that was one of my one of my biggest fears about that was that was a really long panel recording yeah. that I didn't Sunday re- afternoon podcast roundtable. Yeah, that's that mic was just my Zoom that I turned on next to us as a backup. Yeah. And then right after I pushed that podcast live, I was like, you know, I have no idea if we said anything quietly to each other. Oh, and, yeah, you guys were whispering all over the place. Yeah, and then I was like, <laughs> so I thought about it, then I was like, you know, Transmission's already posted this stuff, so I'm sure, whatever. It, if if they posted it and I'm posting it, then the cat's already out of the bag, so I posted it. And I went and checked. I don't think Transmission's actually posted the Sunday podcast. <laughs> so I had this moment where I was like, oh, man, I wonder if at some point, like, are we just are we just talking Major Smack on the entire planet? <laughs> like, is, is, is this ruinous? And it, do I really care? And then well, I f- there, forgot about it. There was the one part where you were like, who are these dirtbags from Transmissions stealing our spotlight? This is our show. Yeah. How how can we ruin their their uh, credibility? There was some of that discussion. And I was like, you know what? I'll just wreck their master recording. So they'll have to use this junky garbage Zoom recording from the other yeah. side of the room. Well, when I replied to the thread and I said I did listen... I was going to be mean about it and say what I could, uh, but then I, I was like, you know, it's not his fault. Yeah. The audio is the way it is. It's, he got the audio the only way he could, and it's fine. It's not... And I was listening at work, so it was kind of hard to hear quieter things like what you guys were whispering. So I, I actually don't know what most of the whispering was about. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything. There was that some we stuff about, about that Tigatron. Oh, yeah. So I think someone. Noticed it was standing there, and then was like, "What's that?" And I tried to give the story, but uh, that Sunday podcast is a bit of a blur. The Friday one was a lot weirder, and thus I remember more of it because that was the one where like a bunch, you know, invitations had been extended to voice actors, but not with the idea that they would all show up, uh-huh. and then they all showed up, and uh, and that that led to a very interesting panel. It was super cool. <laughs> But it was like yeah. it was super seat of, seat of everyone's pants of like, you know, the folks organizing the panel certainly did not expect to have most of the voice actor guests show up for the panel. Yeah. Uh, and like I've met most of those guys and they're great, but I was kind of glad I wasn't there taking part because I would have been kind of annoyed because you have all, all these podcasters from a bunch of different podcasts up there. And of course the voice actors are going to steal most of the, the limelight. And I just thought it was kind of a bummer. And like, I'm not trashing those guys at all. I mean, they were invited, so Mm. it's not their fault. If they showed up, you, they were invited, but it, I just thought it was kind of a bummer. Like this is a chance for these. And some of them were podcasts I never heard of like that. Uh, a girl from the UK. Like oh, I podcast didn't know, Maximus. Yeah, I didn't know her story. I'm not aware of what she's doing. And a lot of time that all all you guys could have been getting your story out and promoting your the various shows is now, you know, pod, or voice actor stories. And it, it seems like there should have already been voice actor stuff. <laughs> Yeah, this this was also before the convention started proper. 
Uh-huh. So it was kind of like an advanced thing, I guess. The the upside is that like the voice actors were really good at once they recognized the situation, they were really good at like getting the focus back to the whole table. Yeah. And proactively and, doing so. Yeah, and a couple of them said like really cool things about podcasters and stuff, which which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm not like sitting here being mad about it like screw greg burger he's garbage like no greg's <laughs> awesome i love that guy um it's just it's almost too bad there wasn't a point where they took their leave <laughs> it was or, it was a good learning experience for everybody involved yeah uh to, of like okay there's a chance that everyone might show up who has invites so like what's the plan b <laughs> yeah if that happens yeah and you know i t- I kind of feel a little bad bringing it up publicly because, again, like, I really like those guys. And it's just maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's I, I we, we were all talking a lot afterwards. And, like, for a podcast panel like that, which I believe was the first of its kind, what with the WTF one uh, earlier in the year being more of a prototype than anything else, that, like, if there's ever a time for stuff to just go real off the rails or like for, you know, tech to go to break or for the uh, the schedule of the of the panel to just go right out the window, this year would be the year for that all to happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing like how how those guys put together stuff. At, I'm assuming Transmissions is putting together stuff uh, for the DC TF Con. I'm hoping to make it there. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to see, to see how uh lessons have been learned and etc um and i'm really happy i I think i said this before but i'll say it again i'm really happy that there's kind of this spirit of media collaboration at these panels now like i I like that the overture was made of like let's make this about just podcasters because there are now enough podcasters who show up at a north american podcast panel uh at a north american convention to have a panel like this uh, and, and the transmissions guys are extremely energetic and eager about what they do, like bringing prizes and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I'm not organized enough to even, it took, it took me a, a million years. The one time we had those prizes for the poncho contest to like get all that yeah. sorted out. Yeah. Like, so like the, the sort of like little jealousy in me was like, Oh, there used to just be the WTF and TFW podcast. Now it's like all these podcasts mixed together. And mm-hmm. who are these transmissions guys to be taking the lead? And then after listening to it, I was like, oh, they're trying real hard and they probably deserve to take the lead. <laughs> and and like that, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm a little sour grapes on the, the voice actors being involved because um, I was really into hearing all these new voices. Mm-hmm um on on these two other shows and kind of getting a little taste of what they were up to and and gaining a bunch of respect for the transmission guys like i hadn't i haven't listened to any of their shows themselves but they're clearly like really really trying in a way that that i don't think we ever really did but you know that that's not saying like we're not doing it right it's just it's different shows and that's always been the thing like we're all doing different shows and we're all doing our thing and i i got a lot of respect for them from from those podcasts that went up from tfcon where i was like oh these guys are really dedicated and making it happen 
And they're, they're like the transmissions team, like that's kind of, if I understand correctly anyway, that's like a hundred percent of their focus as a team is that podcast. And so obviously you can see the rewards reaped from that. Like I, I always, I always say like right now in 2016 with this podcast, like I like doing it the way we're doing it, but extra energy going into it is very hard for me to justify when I want to rather put that energy into video projects yeah um just as being the person that i am i certainly like recording podcasts like i love guesting on other podcasts uh i don't know how i feel about about aaron guesting on other podcasts i just caught on on twitter aaron guested on a transmissions episode i'm not sure how i, I feel about I that i don't like that at all i, I don't think aaron should be I don't, you know no. going outside of his box um no he's no he i think he needs a smaller box yeah um so you know we're gonna have to have a chat about that uh the yeah, next I'm even recording this... I would rather have a bunch of voice actors than Aaron guesting on other shows. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't sidetrack constantly talking about helicopters and, and yeah, whatnot. I don't even. I don't even believe helicopters are real. No, I mean it doesn't make any sense. Aaron's it's never stupid. Aaron has never brought a helicopter to a convention. He only talks about them, so he's never really proved that they exist. He just keeps saying that they exist. No, I think helicopters are just airplanes flying straight up. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're basically a, like, they call them, I think they just call themselves helicopters because it's like a different taxation thing. Uh-huh. You know, it's like how there's cam, there's cameras and there's camcorders. And yeah. so, you know, helicopters, they're, they're basically just a jet engine that's pointed up. Yeah. Like when, like in the 80s or 70s or whatever it happened when, when, uh, they started classifying action figures as dolls because the import tariffs were lower. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like that. It's like yeah. back in the 60s or 70s when they invented the helicopter. And it was like, I mean, everyone knows the story that, like, it was just an airplane engine. Uh, there was a couple of spare parts. Some some goof, just being an idiot, got really lucky that he didn't die. And nowadays, people keep acting like helicopters are, are real vehicles that are piloted and worked on by real people. There's these whole shadow industries based on the myth of the helicopter. It's yeah. kind of disgusting, but, you know. It's that's, just a big cover-up. That's, that's, that's kind of what you get when you have, you know indiana i don't even believe indiana's real well i keep okay you know i don't want i've to, never been there i don't want to uncork this jar but like i've heard on good authority indiana's considered by many to just be a suburb of kentucky that sounds more plausible than it being a, its own state like yeah. that doesn't make sense to me at all i mean i don't live in kentucky i don't you know, I, I only know one person who lives in kentucky and i'm kind of convinced he's the only person who lives there but um, I, I have it on good authority that, that Indiana is actually just a very outspoken part of Kentucky that's kind of been playing a long con, if you know what I'm saying. Well, when people talk about Kentucky, like there's that fun little phrase, getting lucky in Kentucky. Yeah. Like, what, like, what, what is Indiana? Like, Indiana, we're all, we also exist. Like, I don't even know. Well, it doesn't, like, even, it doesn't like, even rhyme. Like, if I was, no. if they put me in charge of Indiana, you know, if they actually would listen to those letters I write, it would be like, Indiana, home of the banana. Like, it used to be home of the bandana, but people stopped wearing bandanas, because, I don't know, they're stupid. Well, and, it, in the 90s, when, like, the, the gang wars were really getting heated, bandanas mm-hmm. started, it got a little scary. When I was in elementary school, I actually wore a bandana for about a couple months. There's a couple photos of me. I wore it outlaw style, like, like you know, hanging down around my neck, but I could pull it up over my face if I needed to. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You are neat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Seth, I got some stuff this week, too. Uh, I've, 
Someone mentioned in the last episode, I spent a decent amount of time talking about how I was going to talk about Masterpiece Optimus Primal, and I never actually did. So uh, I got Masterpiece Optimus Primal. Okay. He's a very good toy. He has ratchet. That's what people say. He has ratchet joints in places that I had never thought he would. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. Talking about balls, ball joints. That is. Heyo. Uh, he's a very well done piece of toy. In fact, the, the thing about him that that is, I, I think, is one of the greatest victories of the toy, is how incredibly fun and engaging his gorilla mode is. Mm-hmm. given that it has no knees and turns into a robot like his gorilla mode is a lot of fun um like if i only had i think my major problem with him is he's got the thing where his finger joints are like the index finger and then the other three fingers and then the, they're on hinges they are sculpted with such a curl i don't understand when you would ever use those extra joints for any kind of pose that isn't just opening the hand to put the sword in his hand like the the these fingers needed a second knuckle joint and it's kind of a shame they like the bright side is they're connected by ball joints so you know when when keith makes his hands for this figure like it's an easy pop and swap but it's getting kind of ridiculous how it's like well keith will make the hands like you know eventually i wouldn't mind masterpiece making posable hands more often uh i got something else this week i was going to talk about that was on topic what was it uh oh you know what i remember what it was Seth, I got an unofficial toy as well. Uh-oh. Uh, let me go pull up my media here. So this is this is actually pertinent because you and I were the ones. We had that long talk about Toy World when we were looking at the TFCon slides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how they had like a funny looking cup. And it was weird to figure out the direction they were going in. Um, so after that conversation, uh, and, and some of that conversation was also based on all the reviews I'd read and watched about their combining Dinobots and their combining Constructicons, the green ones, and how everything I read was like, these are neat ideas that are just not executed in a way that I really want to spend money on. Um, so their Conehead, their Dirge Conehead, came out kind of early. Uh, as like an, There's an advanced version who comes with like double the display stand parts. And the first in-hand reports of him were that he was the best thing they've ever made and was a massive step forward. And I've also been hearing that about the G2 color versions of their Constructicons. So I decided to go to eBay and I bought their Dirge. And I got him in. Oh, did you? Uh, he is a pretty darn good figure. Like, he feels really good. Uh, he's got an excellent transformation. Both his modes look really good. Uh, he's got, like, incredible hip articulation. In the first picture, I don't know if it's obvious, but I have him, like, kicking his leg up really high and then looking like he's holding it up there. Um, he's, he's a, he's a really well-done figure. He's much better than anything I've messed with of theirs, in past, and he seems much better than anything I read or saw about their Constructicons and their Dinobots. Uh, he actually makes me more interested in the stuff they're planning on next year. Uh, there's only a couple little problems with him. Number one, his face sculpt is kind of indefensible. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like a combination of a toothy grin and pursed lips, and I've tried doing the face myself, and I just can't. Also, it's Dirge, so he's, like, the one of the Coneheads who probably shouldn't be smiling. Um, so the, the face is kind of dumb. Uh, also, you see how his his arm rockets sometimes have those brown missile bits in them? Yeah. So those fire. And I, that's not the part that I think is kind of a shame. It's I'm that... really looking at the face now. It's 
horrendous. <laughs> it's staring at you, right? Like it, 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 it goes so far that it kind of, it does kind of in person swing back around and become charming in its own weird way. But uh, so he's got firing rockets. They're on a hair trigger, and the trigger is the five millimeter peg assembly that connects them to his arms. So if you tap on the launcher, the rocket fires. The rocket fires pretty hard. It's a, not a very well done spring loaded missile. It's it's good at being a shooting missile. It's terrible at being a display missile when it's not being shot. The upside is it's incredibly easy to pull it. Like you just pull the ends off either side of the cylinder of the big black rocket thing, and you can open it up, like you know, open it in half and just pull the spring out. And then you would need to glue the brown missile in there, so you can unlauncherize it if you want. But it's, it seems like just a, the, like I don't I don't immediately dislike spring loaded missiles. This is just a badly done spring loaded missile. Um, also, his display stand parts, the arm, the armature he's supposed to mount on, attaches to the base with pegs. Uh, one peg for robot mode, and that works fine. For jet mode, it uses two pegs, and if you actually use both pegs when you try to pull the arm back off the stand, the one of the pegs immediately snapped right off uh, the stand. The, the bright side is it still has one peg there for jet mode, and that's all it needs, but I really wish it's slotted into the stand rather than pegged in. Um, his posability, though, is, is like, it's it's crazy to actually have a masterpiece style size seeker with a waist joint uh who feels like it was designed in the 2010s um the transformation is really smart very straightforward uh quite fun uh the only problem i've had with the figure as far as transforming it is the wings on his legs you see how they come to like a rather pointy tip on the top uh you slide those things up the first time i slid them up that tip slid right up into the flesh of my left middle finger and drew blood uh, it's a very pointy piece, and <laughs> so be careful with it, because it will have no mercy. Um, the, the 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 figure, though, I, I quite like it, and I'm very tempted to collect the other two cone heads, because uh, the, the it just is a very good looking toy with two good looking modes and a good transformation. Like, it does some stuff wrong, uh, or does some stuff in ways I don't quite like as much, but a lot of that stuff's on the periphery. Um, the only thing longevity-wise I'm worried about is that, like, almost every joint is a friction joint. Uh, there's no ratcheting joints really on him, and I'm a little curious to see how the figure will feel about a year from now. Um, it, it, everything might be fine. Like, the finish on it feels good, but given the sheer number of just, like, straight-up pin, hinge, uh, and ball socket joints, I'm curious if he's going to need any work to stay tight over over the years. But I, I, I was really impressed with it, and... Uh, the Toy World scale, as they've actually called it, is basically the what Toy World what Toy World is doing. It's become more clear. They're going for a Studio Ox style visually, and they're going for a scale that is about a head taller than Masterpiece, just across the board. Uh, the upside of that is being a head taller than Masterpiece means that many characters still work completely fine with Masterpiece toys if you so choose. Uh, so, like this guy, he's a little bit taller than the official Masterpiece Seeker mold. And I've seen the argument made, and I kind of agree with it. That sort of works for the cone heads, like being a little bit taller and burlier. Um, I'm I'm just very I'm very tempted to pick up their other two cone heads, and I'm now having felt and played with this figure uh, a lot more interested in their 2017 stuff. Um, at least just for for the ways that it will work. Like I, I was 
just very happy with the transformation on this guy. Like, it's not simple, but it's it's straightforward and feels really good. It's a very clever way to have the Seeker transformation work. Uh, like, the his cone head is the actual nose cone of the jet. But there's still a trick to hide his face, which is rather clever. Um, so, like, there's nothing fake on him. Like, the cockpit is the cockpit. The nose cone's the cone head. The wings are the wings. Like, he's he's just so straightforward and logical. I, I was really pleased. Um, decent amount of die cast on him, too. Like, the feet, parts of the legs. Uh, his forearms have some die cast in him as well. Uh, and the only, the only accessory he comes with, really, is a little unfoldable communicator thing, which is the mind control device from the IDW comic Spotlight Ramjet. Uh, it's weird that Ramjet's thing comes with Dirge. I'm wondering if they're just going to give it to all three of them. But, uh, yeah, very pleasantly surprised after quite some time spent away from Toy World. Uh, it really feels like they are picking up their game. They recently did a survey, um, or had a survey go out that you could, uh, write in of just wanting to solicit feedback from the buyer base. So I'm, uh, I'm very much more interested in them now than I was a couple weeks ago when we recorded uh, after the TFCon panel. Uh, it's a little, little post-game report there. Their cup still looks really weird, but now I'm more interested in seeing how he works to see if there's any kind of rhyme or reason to how weird he looks. Yeah. Um, but their, their cone head design is, is pretty darn solid. Uh, and that's all that I got this week that's on topic. Uh, but yeah, Seth, I was thinking about our conversation while I was messing with that guy, and I was like, man, like, this is one of those times where I'm very happy to eat crow, as they say. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I am super happy to be wrong about the, the, the look and quality of the figure. Um, still has, like, weird parts, but d darn what a good transformation. <laughs> um, Sometimes it's good to be wrong. Yeah. Seth, did you get anything off topic this week? I did. So right. I sent you a picture ah. there on the thing so you could kind of see. So I got the, um, I guess he's a Walgreens exclusive Punisher. Yes. From Marvel, Marvel Legends. It was on sale. It was only $13, uh, which softens some of my problems with it. I have oh. seen this Punisher. He's at EB Games in Canada. Um, I've seen him many times. Yeah. So the sculpt is fine. He comes with two heads, which are both good. Uh, if you're going to pick it up, I suggest you look very closely at the paint for the skull on his chest. Every single one of them seem to have some sort of flaw, except for the one I found. It's nearly perfect. Mm -hmm. All the others had like the, some smudging around an edge or a chip of the white knocked out and there's just like this black spot or something looks like it was difficult to paint um it's mostly it, it seems to mostly be the same body that they use for deadpool uh but with beefier arms and of course different shins because there were armor bits on the deadpool um and the the harness thing going around his shoulders is thicker than than on the Deadpool and so that thicker shoulder harness thing and the 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 heavier muscle arms uh kind of hinder some of his shoulder articulation oh bummer 
which is a bummer. And the hands are terrible. So I had heard that about this Punisher, and that's why I ended up passing on him. Uh, someone, it might have been Hoopla, I can't remember now. Someone else picked him up when he first showed up and basically said, like, wow, these hands suck with every accessory he comes with. Yeah, like, they're not sculpted to hold a gun. Like, the way better holding a gun figures are, where, like, he doesn't have that separated index finger on either hand Yeah, for a trigger. Then the hands are fairly large, um, and, like, the grip on the big machine gun he comes with is pretty short. Like, it doesn't even clear his pinky when you put it in his hand. And once there's no separated index finger, it's that holding the gun where all the fingers are gripping the grip and nothing's up near the trigger. Everything's below the trigger guard. And then with those hands, with the, with the, the limitations on his articulation, um, I just couldn't find a decent way to make it look like he was holding this big, long machine gun with two hands. Like there's a handle on the top. I was like, okay, well maybe I could like move everything around to where he's supporting the weight by holding the handle on the top. Uh, But that I couldn't even get that right. Yeah. And then he comes with the same rocket launcher that Deadpool comes with. He comes with the same grenade launcher Deadpool come with. But again, can't really get him to hold any of those things in a convincingly cool-looking way. So there's ways you can pose him for a display that will look cool, as long as the way you want him to look cool isn't, I'm pointing this gun at somebody in a realistic way. Um, which is a bummer, because a lot of the, the style and sculpting on the figure is really good. Like I, I really like both head sculpts. Yeah. It's just the hand-arm articulation combo, because it bugs me whenever a figure comes with a gun that's meant to be hold, held with two hands and they can't hold it with two hands well. It bugs me. And it's, it's, it's in 2016, like, it's only really because of how good toys have gotten at holding their guns and stuff in, in better ways, even with limited articulation. Yeah. That, like, when it comes down to, oh, the hand doesn't hold it well, it's like, you know... That's a real last decade problem. Well, and it's one thing if it's a character that's not known for using guns so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you know, Spider-Man doesn't really use guns, so who cares if he can't really hold a gun well? But it's kind of Punisher's whole deal Yeah, is guns. <laughs> You'd think he would have come with at least one gun that looked cool, even if it was just a simple pistol that he could hold well. And look cool holding it, but yeah, it's a real bummer. And uh, then isn't like one of the Jim Lee, like early Jim Lee before he was like famous Jim Lee when he was like doing Punisher War Journal. Um, I want to say there was a cover where Punisher's like rappelling down the side of a building, holding a giant machine gun with a white bandana. Um, this, so one of the heads has a white bandana and I think the inclusion of the big machine gun is a reference to that. I think I might be misremembering. I am not sure. But anyway. Punisher was the book my older brother read when I was little. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, um, 
it gets so close. <laughs> like, it does a lot right, but then it does a lot bad. I'm glad I got it on sale. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I saw one on sale at an EB here, but it was only like five bucks off, and I briefly was tempted, but then I was like, I don't... I, I already know the problem with it, and I don't want to do the work to potentially fix any of the hands. Like, chop them up and reshape them. Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess you can slice a finger loose. But then also just... The gun isn't well designed. Yeah. For being held in that way. So, nah, I don't know. It's a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, then another thing I got is also in that picture. I got a set of the Space Walls. I have come so close to buying those, and they're always like the one thing where it's just expensive enough. I'll put it off till the next month. Yeah. Well, I just went for it. Yeah. So <laughs> I had seen uh, Krasis, speaking of dudes from a podcast that don't exist anymore. Well, he, he's um, on a podcast? He used to be. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I wonder what it was like. I don't know. They talked about stuff. Yeah. Um, so he, he tweeted a bunch of pictures uh, with the space walls. Space walls! And I was like, holy crap, what are those? Those are the dopest. And then he sent me a link. And then I ordered them, and then I got them, and then I posted some pictures, and someone tweeted to me, like, holy crap, where did you get those things? They're the dopest. And I gave them the link, and I realized that's how word of mouth works. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's word of mouth marketing. That's grassroots. Yeah. So they're neat. Um, they're, what were they called? Um, yeah, so there was a moment that... <laughs> Um, I'm like showing them to my girlfriend and uh, so I'm like here's these panels like there's all these wall panels it's very Star Wars like here's the panel with all these long oval uh, lights like light panel thing where it's like a translucent white plastic behind the, the gray that's the main wall and then you put a light behind them and they, they light up and it looks really cool. And uh, I said, yeah, the only thing that's kind of weird is the panels don't lock together in any way. Like there's no tabs or slots or anything where you lock the panels together. It comes with 30 small binder clips that in the directions they refer to as like, galactic clip fasteners or something. I was about to ask if they gave him a stupid name like Space <laughs> yeah. Clips. Yeah, they did. I, I don't remember <laughs> what the stupid name was, but they gave him a stupid name. And like, I hold up one of the little bags and my girlfriend goes, that's BS! Like, what the? This is garbage! Why would they? I, I could get you a whole bunch of black ones! Like, the only thing going for him is they were orange. <laughs> and she just starts raging about it. And I'm sure it was mostly cartoonish exaggeration yeah, or, like, false outrage, but also, like, for how much they cost. <laughs> like, why do they just come with a bunch of binder clips? <laughs> <laughs> but it works. I mean, they, you just put some clips on the back and they hold together. I mean, they could have charged what they charged and just sold you the walls and then give you gave you a note saying, oh, if you get some binder clips, they hold these together really well. Yeah. And the, their website's initials are printed on them. So they just didn't go to Staples and get a bunch of 
blank yeah. ones. They had some printed. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's Galactic Trading Post, I believe, is the website that makes them. Yeah. I'm still, I, I would love to get some. I'm just like, oh, man, like, I don't know what I'd do with them other than what everyone else is doing with them. And I don't know if I really want to do that or if I just want to do it because everyone else is. Well, they're not so tall that they don't fit in a Detolf. So if you had like a Star Wars display, you could line the back and a side. I'm getting of, close, uh, man. Like I've I found uh, Black Series Ahsoka and, and uh, what's his name from Rebels. Uh-huh. And I just got a hookup for Revan and Sabine. And it's like, I'm not buying all the Black Series. But I've got like six or seven of them now, not including my first order, guys. Yeah. Yeah, so it is galactictradingpost.com. And right now they're in scale with six-inch figures, but they're working on four-inch and 12-inch scale walls. The four-inch ones excite me. 12-inch ones, not so much. Well, if but you're like one of those people that collect uh, collect all them hot toys, Star Wars men. Yeah, but who does that? You quote unquote high rich toy collectors, rich people, bunch of rich people, bunch of rich Hollywood people. That's who. Uh, but yeah, they're neat. Cool. they're pretty sturdy feeling. And they so is there just like a, a white sort of semi translucent piece of plastic that you can put a light behind? Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, when you read like the description, it's a little deceptive sounding. It makes it sound like it comes with a light for it, but it doesn't. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find that actual phrasing. I think someone else, not oddly enough, just the other week was talking about these and saying like, oh, no, you know what? It was crisis. It was his Twitter where he was like, they don't come with lights, but they're they're set up so that you can eventually get lights that they might make that you can put into them. Yeah, he told me that there was some talk about eventually adding lights. Yeah. Or a light panel or, or something. Um, I am under the wrong category. I think they've Let got... Just, I'm just again. looking at their store. I think they might have got some of the other scales uh, out now. So they've got three scales on their store. Well, they're... The, the other two scales are pre-orders. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would like to get one of these doorway pieces, but it's currently not available. The one? Really? Well, like, there's a a blast door. Yeah. And then there's just, like, a regular door. And I think they're working on a hanger door. Oh, the regular door's out of stock. Yeah. You just get a blast door, man. Go big. Uh, uh, I kind of like the regular door. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so where is... I don't know. It's taking too long to find the where I read the phrasing that was made me think that, oh, they do come with walls now. And then Chris was like, nah, you're just not reading it right. You don't understand mm-hmm. things. You're stupid. <laughs> you're stupid. That's our crisis, just calling people stupid. Yeah, stupid Jake. <laughs> but, yeah, they're they're cool. I like them. Um, yeah. So that little box that I also got from Ikea that's, like, plexiglass all the way around and a lid and a light panel is the base that I have on top of my Detolf. 
um, they're too tall to fit in there, which is a bummer. Ah, because that's my easiest to rotate what's displayed in their section. Um, so they don't fit in there, which is too bad because it would have been cool. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if I wanted to dedicate a whole shelf on my one detolf that I'm allowed to display things in to Star Wars guys. I mean, this isn't helpful, but you could always make that just a rotating display and then every now and then just take all the space walls and put them in a box yeah. with all the Star Wars guys. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to decide who gets evicted temporarily. Yeah. But that's all that I actually got. I was supposed to get something, but it didn't show up in time. It's not going to come until Monday. That's stupid. But it's big, it's dumb, and it was really expensive, and I probably shouldn't have got it. But I've been making plans and saving up for over a year now, and it's finally happening. And everyone will just have to tune in later to find out what it is. Oh, man. But it's expensive, and it's big, and I and expensive, and I probably shouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the story of my last month. I've been getting into them vintage machine robo-gobots again, and I'm... You know, you just start seeing things that individually are all pretty darn good deals for vintage pieces. Yeah, well... And then you have to eventually go like, you know what? I have to now stop looking at the source of these deals. I think you would have to buy a lot of GoBots to make up for this one thing. <laughs> you know, you'd be... Cost-wise. There is a seller who just put up one of the double machine robos where it's like two vehicles into one robot. So they did three of those, but then there was a second set of the three. And in the second set, there was one that was a motorcycle and a sidecar. And the sidecar could turn into like a standing little like walker mech. Or they could combine into a robot. It's called Side Lancer. One of those, mint in box, unused sticker sheet, showed up on eBay recently for $350. And I watched it. I clicked watch on the auction. It's a very stupid idea. Yeah, I'm sending you a link so you can see the money I'm talking about. I mean, I already know it's more than three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's the money you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, saying. that's more. Hey, yo, that's more than three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and then shipping was, <laughs> yep, rather expensive. Um, yeah, so I don't want to hear about your go boss. <laughs> you know, that's this is one of those cases where, given that. You know, who's not going to have it shipped? It's kind of like, just roll the shipping into the cost and then just put free shipping underneath it. Like, you're still charging the same, but at least it feels better. Well, there were different levels of shipping, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, looking forward to hearing about this when they finally get off their stupid butts and get your stuff to you. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I think that's a podcast... So it's about 4.13 in the morning over here, and I'm starting to get a little drowsy. So I think I'm going to go and take advantage of that. But, uh, Seth, thank you for joining me. We fit this one in uh, with good timing, too. We had, Hey, now for the rest of the year, we can say, no, we already talked about the movie. Wait till next year. For all three weeks remaining of this year. Oh, this year. Yep. One of them years. Uh, 
Oh, anyway. that's another meme that might be on the side of Barricade. <laughs> the meme that I've been seeing lately is me at the start of 2016, me at the end. I'm kind of enjoying that one. There's Some that... of them are pretty funny. There, yeah. I saw a Yamcha one from Dragon Ball earlier that was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen I've seen them from several genres, and so far they I keep finding new laughter in those. Uh, but yeah, thanks to you all for listening. We'll be back with some more Transformers podcasting. If you haven't already, please check out the last two supplementals. They're very important. Uh, one of them is about Popeyes. The other one is a uh, talk with Paul Fremo from Ripped Apparel. Uh, it's primarily supposed to be about the new. Uh, comic book covers they've got exclusively but a majority of that podcast ends up being about screen printing which is an art form that I find fascinating Um, so please do check it out, Uh, we had a fun talk and uh, I mean the Popeyes one, if you haven't checked that out I mean, number one, you should be checking out the video version of that, number two why haven't you kept up to date with the most important debate of this year uh it's ongoing, by the way, and constantly mutating. Now Burger King's a part of it, Wendy's is a part of it, KFC's a part of it. I don't even know anymore. Goodbye.